Justin. Yes, sir. I have signed back up for cable. No, wait, wait. Which yeah, <laughs> which service did you go through? Uh, well, I only have one option, right? And it's it's just for Dodger games. I did the seven day trial on. They have now just a streaming plan, so it's Spectrum here. Okay, in Los all right. Angeles. I didn't know if there was another um, cable option. Um, I guess everything else is Dish, huh? <sighs> Uh, there's like yeah there's dish and direct tv but they don't get dodgers dodgers is solely owned by spectrum yeah um remember time warner bought like a 20-year exclusivity contract so essentially what that means for non-los angeles people is if you live in the city of los angeles and you want to watch dodger games you have to be a subscribed to spectrum cable because they have exclusive local broadcast rights for the games if you have mlb.tv which t-mobile offers every year this year not being an exception uh so i will have mlb.tv all free all year but i will not be able to watch in market games and since i'm here in los angeles um uh you know right i i don't get to watch those games on mlb.tv um so you like the team uh, that much huh well I realized that, like, I haven't really been following the Dodgers a lot lately, and I hate it. I hate that I haven't been uh, following the Dodgers that much. So I, I want to, right? Right. And then, you know, what was I watching? Somebody, oh, we were watching on um, uh, Inventing Anna on Netflix. Super trashy. It's a Shondaland show. <laughs> it was way trashier than I thought it would be when we were going into it, but ultimately is fun. And there's a really great scene where the DA is meeting with just like somebody in like the courthouse, right? Just randomly. You just see this DA uh, uh, meeting with somebody. He's like, okay, so the judge, she's really old. She's a Dodger fan going way back. She thinks they're just in LA temporarily and they're going to be back soon. <laughs> and it's just like such a funny thing to think. And, uh, and it is nice to see, like, she's like, don't mention the Dodgers. Don't mention the Mets. She thinks the Mets are like traitors to the country or something <laughs> like that. It was really funny, like s- small little dialogue, but I love those little things. And it made me think like the Dodgers get a bad rap. Obviously we love the Dodgers cause we live here in LA, but, um, you listen to broadcasts, especially Joe Buck. And anytime anybody is calling the Dodgers, that is not, uh, a Dodgers commentator, it feels like they're rooting for the other team. It's insane. And my buddy says, oh, well, you know, it's because networks are still mad that the Dodgers left New York and everybody's a homer. Like in <laughs> New York, like sports are all owned and, and operated out in Atlanta and in New York. And so if you're not, if you're a traitor to them, they want nothing to do with you. But then it seems like the Giants get a pass. Like, everybody loves the Giants. I just don't get it. But, like, if you think about it, right? Especially now. Uh, thank God Vin Scully's still alive. He's no longer calling games. But, like, with the Dodgers, you've got Belly, Vin, what you want. <laughs> this is Jimmy Eat Pod. See, that's Cody Bellinger. Yeah, right. Vin Scully. Yeah. What else? What you want? want? What you want? Damn, David. Scully, Vin. What you want? Thank you. I thought of that one, and I couldn't (sighs) believe I hit that home run, dude. When? Oh, you know um, what? Um, it's Sunday. When does the season start? Is it next week or the week after? I I believe it's this week because the last 
the last Camelback game was uh, yesterday, and I signed up after the game was okay. over. So I'm not like I'm not deep into my Dodgers fandom, but I loved watching backs- backstage Dodgers. Yeah. Like I don't know if you've had cable since the Dodgers had this exclusive contract, but the Dodgers channel Sportsnet LA is really good. It is, and they have like a basically a reality show where you follow the Dodgers between games, and they crank out the show so quickly. And it's just a lifestyle reality show, and you get to see, you get to know the crew, and you get to see the 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 struggles off the field. It's terrific. Yeah, visiting. And I missed that drama. Visiting the father in law, he would have that on in the background. Uh, yeah, which was great. It was fun to watch. It was an entertaining television. Yeah, and there's always like interview shows with like Dodger legends and stuff like that. You just see people talk about old games, and I learned so much about the Dodgers watching that channel. Um, I have one little bit of housekeeping, and maybe you can touch on it, is a Robin update. Uh, And if you're not prepared for it, I can pull it up in a second. Um, But uh, Robin is, uh, we have a reason that he was not out with the band. Did you see I did not, no. Oh, so there is, good. Oh, okay. Solid proof, huh? There is. (laughs) There is. (laughs) Let me turn on the fan. Here we go. I went to the wrong place. Were any of us close? Um, (laughs) um, I feel like we were not far off, correct. So... Uh, what it is, let's go to our Google Voice, where Matt Schlosser updated us. This looks like uh, something that was posted over on the Reddit a long time ago at this point, like over 25 days ago. Uh, just FYI, this is posted by Tane Shanes uh, on the subreddit. Just FYI, Robin will be back. He was just out of the country with familial commitments this round. Personally, I love his energy and really missed him on this tour. And Disowned Pair was the original poster on this. Uh, says, thanks for the info. Yeah, I love that he's really been letting loose these last few tours. If I remember, he used to be more reserved. And uh, Matt Schlosser says, mystery solved. Um, so, uh, yeah. So out of um, out of the country on, on uh, familial had, uh, uh, obligations. Familial commitments uh, out of the country. Yep. Okay. That's the story. Because there was some, like, like a picture or two of him in uh, England. Was it England? Oh, jolly old, huh? I think so. Yeah, it was posted on, I can't remember if it was his Instagram or somebody else that said, hey, look who I ran into. And it was, he was out in England. Oh. And, uh, wow. you know, we were joking about why he wasn't on the tour, but it makes more sense now. Yeah, for sure. And that's all the housekeeping I have um, uh, for this episode. Okay. Um, so the song is, unless you have any. Ah. Song is Believe in What You Want from Clarity, track 4 of 13, released February 23rd, 1999, produced by Mark Trombino and Jimmy World, recorded at uh, Sound City, Clear Lake Audio, Rare Book Room, it says, uh, this was one of the Discog entries in Mindside Digital, however, I believe that was for a, like a, like an expanded bonus version of the Clarity vinyl, so then I pulled this from, uh, I want to say the Wikipedia, uh, Sound City, Van Nuys, and Clear Lake Audio, North Hollywood, mixed at one-on-one South Los Angeles, Table for Glasses for me, this is heaven, believe in what you want, was mixed mixed at Music Grinder in Hollywood, and the whole record was mastered at Bernie Grundman Mastering Hollywood. I know we don't usually get into that, but uh, we're deep in clarity at this point, so might as well just start getting in the Mm -hmm. nitty-gritty. Written by Jimmy World, uh, singer is Jim, featuring uh, (laughs) organ by Jim Atkins, Uh, and it says Vox Continental. So I guess that's the style of organ, or 
is he doing like a continental style vocals on this as well? I doubt it's going to be a style of vocals. Yeah. It looks like it is most definitely the keyboard. Okay. I'm going to do guys, I'm going to I'm going to do a Vox Continental in this next round. Let's, let's loop this back. Keep it going. So Keep it going. I, I hear something. I hear something. Uh label is of course Capital, uh famously. Uh so this was also interesting on Discogs. I saw this as the publishing company was an industry for outer space, which we had heard about before uh, in the past. So I went to the Discogs entry for an industry for outer, uh, outer space, and it's got Static Prevails, the CD reissue from 2001, the Clarity CD from 99, um, a, <laughs> a Maybe This Christmas CD comp, which uh, I'm pretty sure, yes, includes 122395 by Jimmy Eat World. Um, uh, Static Prevails CD 96. So obviously this is a Jimmy Eat World outlet, and we don't talk about it enough, right. this industry for outer space uh, one, but we have seen it pop up in the past. Most notably, I remember it from the opener 7-inch. Uh, um, but it was interesting that it popped up, and it was only on that one Discogs entry. Again, I saw Do I Get a Pickle with that when I went to the ASCAP entry for this song. So um, I, I just I, can't, I guess I can't just always trust ASCAP. Or they've streamlined since, but maybe the original pressing of the record, because I don't think anything on, the, on that list was like post-2000. Let's take a look. If I sort by year, uh, it goes from 95 to 2002. And that 2002 was maybe this Christmas comp, which included 122395 on it. So, um, yeah. And Lucky Denver Mint was the 2001 release. Static Prevails. The Jebediah Split was probably the last right. original pressing. And that was a big wheel recreation in 2000. Um, so, yeah. Just kind of interesting, interesting stuff. Wild and crazy stuff. Um, so there are there is a demo. And there's also a remastered version that's been posted up on uh, the YouTubes. So I figure we could listen to that a little bit later. Uh, it's been played, according to Setlist FM, 35 times. The most was in 2009 for the Clarity 10 tour. First played in concert December 5th, 97 at Skaters World, um, which we've seen footage yeah. of. Um, and then most recently played February 12th at the Ice House in Phoenix for the Phoenix Sessions. Notable high notes of B flat 4 and A4. Notable low note of F Three, a hundred and twenty-five point nine listeners, a thousand listeners on uh, uh, Last FM, and five hundred and ninety-three point four Scrabbles, uh, five hundred ninety-three point four thousand Scrabbles, twenty-seven of which are from me, Justin. How many do you ah, have for the song "Believe in What You Want"? This is Sparta. I've got three hundred, man. <laughs> Whoa, it, uh, an even three hundred. In fact, well, I you know wow. what. That is a little bit of a cheat because uh, before I was uh, waiting for you to get on, I thought, you know, I'm going to listen to it again. So I did end up getting 301 <laughs> tonight. But yeah, as of uh, when I looked at this, 300. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, and then I have two entries from uh, Toonbat. One is for the album. One is for the Phoenix Sessions release. So the album version is a D minor key. That's a 7A Camelot with 150 BPM, which makes for a 308 duration. Phoenix Sessions, a whole, what was it, 25 years later or whatever? <laughs> um, F major key, 7B Camelot, 75 BPM, uh, and a 310 duration. Um, so they went from D minor to F major 
Does that calculate for you? Uh, it does not, no. But so how? Uh, what? Yeah, D E F the two, two and a half steps up. Yeah, huh? I guess. I mean, I, it, uh, I guess we'll, <laughs> we'll listen to them back to yeah. back uh, and see. And then get this. I wanted to get this out of the way. This song has like one of those cadences. Is there a band that the cadence of this song reminds you of? Maybe it's who I picked for my um oh my, my rave DJ. Yes. Is it an 80s band? Is that gonna ruin your rave DJ? <laughs> I don't know. If I if I if we chose the same song and I play it now, is that gonna ruin your rave DJ for later? I don't think so. Well Okay. Uh, so what to... was your question about the band? Ooh, were they an 80s band? No. Okay. Then it's not gonna be the same band that I ended up picking. Sweet. This is the song that it reminds me of from this band. You'll know it. like the same vibe yeah. right yeah i might rave dj these in the background because this is not what i rave dj with it um i abs i love my rave dj <laughs> yeah it's, it's so bonkers and there is a journey to go okay. on to understand why i chose this song yeah. i chose because you've never heard of the artist i'd never heard of the artist until i did the research for this song anyway <sighs> okay, uh, that is it for stats and structure. All right. Um, and I'm glad you went with me down that road. I'll put this rave DJ together in the background. Yeah. See how um, that turns out. An, I want to see. You're right, too. though. So, the, the first you, that it does, it have that. It has the dead chunk, 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 bang, chunk, bang, chunk. It's way a staccato. Yeah. Way cleaner than the, uh, or more noticeable than the the band that I went with. In fact, I think I, okay, I we're gonna talk about this band in some of the the article mentioned we're doing two episodes tonight yeah, i'm baby. going into an 80s band for my second for my oh, are second you really one. yeah okay <laughs> i'm very excited for our second episode tonight sick let's dude get, oh me too man let's get through this yeah. one although oh, God, this is yeah, a, this bigger is a one. big one though all right so let's see we're uh, gonna make a meal out of a nothing track next week <laughs> yeah i'm excited now yeah. okay anyway we're gonna jump you want me to jump into lyrics please all right uh, okay again one of those tracks where once you read through the lyrics, you you see a song differently because it's just ah, you you hear you sing stuff in your head and it makes sense in your head, but you don't put it all together. Maybe because pieces are missing from the lyrics, and so the little holes that were filled in by doing this lyrics uh, breakdown uh, really just put this song in a different box for me as far as what they were talking about. Because you think believe in what you want, man. This is oh, this is inspirational. Um, but then let's go through these lyrics and we'll see if that's what uh, if that's how this ends mm. up being. And then I did make a note that in my research, I went back to the old, old, old website that I have now since confirmed that Zach ran himself. Um, I found lots of really cool things that we're not going to dig into on this episode because it's too much. Um, I, I found a lot of fun things that I just kind of like would gloss over in the past. And I really like actually read 
yeah, and in then the old old times. Clicked. So, uh, so this is from the old 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 website, and I'm just gonna a b the lyrics. I would call these liner note equivalent. Okay, is what the band had on their old late '90s website. Okay, sick. All right, here we go. I'll go uh, verse. I'm gonna break it down uh, by in two lines. So each verse is gonna be uh, in two bits. Here, here's the first Sweet. half. Well, don't bother going through your motions. Nothing that makes sense ever works out. Uh, there's no use in fretting over this situation. This may not have turned out how you wanted, but nothing ever does. And in the end, it'll be better. And don't kid yourself. You know they want money. Well, nothing can be good on its own. It's just a merit. Uh, and now to me, to me, it sounds like, uh, is there a difference there already? Very, very small one. So on the old website, it's just don't kid yourself. You know they want money. Nothing can be good on its own merit. Okay. But I do know that those right. those other words are sung in the yeah. booth. And we like to say we like to think that Jim is just getting all hyped up in the booth yeah. and he's just, just feeling it in the moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because maybe there was too much space in between he's doing that. Yep. Uh, the Vox Continental method singing this out yeah. here. Uh, <laughs> that's what it is <laughs> there it goes uh yeah and don't kid yourself you know they want money well nothing can be good on its own it's just a merit well merit seems like an achievement right uh and to me this now sounds like the record industry executives who just wants you to succeed they they can't leave well enough alone it's always got to be better oh hey look i know you guys sold ten thousand records but you know what we got to double that not nah, fuck it we're gonna triple that yeah i need you guys to sell thirty thousand records and it's kind of like man you're taking the fun out of this um, mm. And so now we jump into the chorus, which I believe explains the band's perspective of what they're just leading up to now in this first verse. It's clever. Spinning and spinning. Do you believe in what you want? Dancing in plastic, shake up snow. Do you believe in what you want? Uh, never stop trying to please. You're getting dizzy. That You're not stopping this, this uh, desire to please. And you're getting dizzy from all of it. Uh, but take a moment, remind yourself of why you started this in the first place. You're just an entertaining snow globe to them, some fake little icon, uh, something they can carry around and discard, right? And is this what you believed you'd end up like? So by following their needs and desires, you, you've, you're you going to lose yourself. And if you don't catch that in time, when it's when your time is up and the record industry says, we're going to move on to something a little bit better, uh, or more new, and you're not as fresh as we wanted to, right? And we, when we were talking with um, with Mitch, and he was just saying how <laughs> Jim screams a lot, right, and didn't really make sense, and his, his songwriting skills weren't that polished yet, and they needed to work on those kind of things, which I think was good, right? That was all steps to to take them where they are now with with clarity, um, but all the music before that that preceded it, going into like the self-titled even before that the demo mm-hmm. tape it's just it's all gibberish and that's what that's what mitch had said is like did, tom basically just said these these lines work these words work in a sentence they make no sense contextually and that's it it's it's exactly what you're reading it's it's all gibberish um so just talking about it, taking it back to these lyrics um is that what you believed you'd end up like something that's so distant from what you wanted to be that rock star yeah, I think that's interesting. I thought you were going to go a different direction, which was spinning and spinning records, right? Uh-huh. And what does the Capitol record building look like? Sure. Yeah, big. It looks like a stack yeah, of records, stack right? Of records. Um, and they even talked about they would wander down the halls 
and people would be like, can we help you? And like, yeah, we're in a band on this label. (laughs) And they would just like, when they visited the Capitol Records building, it would just be to like pilfer CDs and sell them back at Zia's Records in Phoenix. And whoever brought the most money back, like won, you know? Sure. Um, But because of that, the product that they wanted was Jimmy Eat World. Do they believe in that product anymore? You wanted us. Do you even believe in us at this point? Um, you know, right? Um, so you could that's, you could that's take that in two ways. Maybe then. where I thought you were going. Okay, go, so spinning yeah. and spinning could be yeah, records just constantly spinning, um, moving forward. But I I thought because they talk about um, in plastic shake up snow, just getting disoriented. Yeah, what do you think that's in- Mm, yeah. Well, dancing in plastic, comma shake up snow. Yeah, you know, like the the snow globe concept of just being like make me dance, um, or make yeah. this thing dance and, and entertain me until I'm done with it, and then I just discard it and move on to the next thing that's that's flashy. Um, and they saw this, you know, with with capital and and uh, and there's there's a little bit of an, not animosity, but there's you know they just wanted to get this this frustration out lyrically. And I think that's what this really is starting to say, at least. Yeah. So then verse two starts out like this. Put your trust in simple acts. Make the flyers, get them up all over your town, all over town. Uh, And I think, yeah, (laughs) yeah, right. Make the flyers, get them up all over town. These are your roots, right? This is how they started. This is that, that DIY um, aspect to their, they're coming up and, and being this grand band nowadays is because they worked so hard to get past all those roadblocks in front of them. Yeah. Um, getting the word out on your own, hustling for your band, get those flyers up for the show, doing the book, your own fucking life and just making friends with, um, uh, with Christie front drive and then them coming out and all of that stuff that really, that, that led to their exposure and other bands wanting them on tour with them and then doing the splits and all the, the seven inches and all that. Um, so put your trust in those simple acts, those things that that those foundation, those foundational elements that made you a band. And don't kid yourself. You know, it's for money. Right. Well, please keep in sight what makes you care. You have it always. So I think ultimately it's for money. They're admitting that, look, we got to be able to eat and survive. And that's what they're saying. Ultimately, it's for money um, or or maybe even the fact that they are there is a desire to be. Uh, financially independent and be able to do this without all of the stress and, and like being able to um, it's all fun in the past like you know in your early years when you were kind of going to college and you were paying for yourself to live you know it's good but you want now you want a little bit more um, security and so I think that's what they're kind of alluding to here is that you know yeah. it's for money ultimately you're going to be working toward being financially successful but what they preceded that with was don't forget your roots um now I'm not a lyricman, mm-hmm. so pardon, but I I am like looking at these and I see it two ways again. Uh-huh. One is, uh, Capitol Records put your trust in simple acts like ours. Um, make the flyers, get them up all over town. Either a directive to them from the label, uh, you know, keep your DIY thing going, but y- you're here to make us money, right? Uh, I'm sorry, I'm keeping an eye on Rave DJ because it's about to finish and I don't want it to play automatically right. <laughs> while we're on there. <laughs> I'm gonna try to pause it. It's at eighty percent, and I don't want to. <laughs> you know what I do? I just mute. I mute that tab in Chrome, and then it can play. Can I mute it? I just right click uh, it, and mute it. Oh, mute tab! Look at oh, dude, genius, <laughs> genius level, galaxy brain. Okay, um, 
put your trust in simple acts, make the flyers get them up all over town. Don't kid yourself. You know, it's for money. Um, uh, so, you know, they're glad handing the band, right? Like, Oh, we want you guys to be this DIY punk band, but in, you know, what they really want is for them to sell 30,000, 50,000, right. hundred thousand records. Um, Please keep in sight what makes you care. You have it always could be a plea to someone like Lauren Israel or something like that. Or so that's that's one interpretation where, uh, again, I I, uh, I jumped to conclusion uh, uh, thinking uh, you were going to go one way. OK. Um, the other thing I see is is um, maybe where you were going, which is the bands that say they want to be the punk rock band. And Jimmy World has said this in the past, uh, specifically in Dan Ozzy's book, it comes up because they were a DIY punk band in Phoenix who signed to a major. And that's what that whole book is about, right. sellout, right? Um, and so everybody's two cents in that, including Jawbreakers, was whoever plugged in a guitar and started a band and didn't think they wanted to be David Lee Roth. Or, you know what I mean? Right. Like, wanted to be the front man of a huge band. Like, so, you know, you might say you want to be DIY. You might say all of these things. But let's be honest. You wanted to be a rock star. You, this is for money, right? So, um, thoughts to think about. Right. And you know what? This could be, like, let's say your perspective is more from the record, the record label, right? But this one is the band's interpretation of what they've realized the the label wants or has even said to them like the whole and don't kid yourself you know it's for money i picture the big fat uh you know cigar smoking guy saying that and don't kid yourself you know it's for money mm, yeah. um but it could also be them kind of joking to themselves after the the evenings over they've left capital records and they're like you know don't kid yourself you know it's for money um, because they're still believing mm -hmm. that they want to um, do this for the love of music. But I get what you're saying. Like, it, I, there's a certain feeling you get when you're on stage and people are listening to you that I can I can only imagine. Like, when we looked at that that image that the band had posted from them in Florida and that yeah. crowd is, you know, I, I think I had mentioned just stopping and taking it all in one in a moment. But there is something that you can't that can never be recreated or at least described until you experience your experience it yourself and i think that's one of those things with musicianship and and being successful and wanting that in the industry is that yeah ultimately you'd like i would love that when i got my guitar and i played yeah. it at clear sound out in the valley off of dearborn i think that's where it was right you know <laughs> <laughs> and uh, just playing there with eric and we would he'd be on drums and i'd be on guitar it was just two of us and there people would look in the little porthole on the window and go, what the hell are these guys doing? They sound like shit. <laughs> but we were having a great time yeah. playing our brand new and our Taking Back Sunday tracks. Yeah. <laughs> so I know we're getting yeah. uh, a little bit, this is one of the dopest parts when this opens up, but I did want to talk about this cute typo that is in here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> From the old website. Don't kid yourself, you know it's for Monet. <laughs> and uh, M-O-N-E-T, as in Claude Monet, uh -huh. uh, the uh, impressionist artist, French painter. <laughs> um, but uh, no, alas, it is not Monet. It is money, and T is just by the Y on the keyboard. Yep, there I it is. Seeing, <laughs> I love seeing those innocent little things on the on the old site. Yeah. Definitely more, okay. uh, more uh, Zach at the keyboard than when yeah. it's with the misspellings there. So and, totally. and don't kid yourself, you know so it's for money. Let's hit this fucking bridge. Yeah, dude. Well, please keep in sight what makes you care. You have it always. 
Ultimately, it's for money. Don't let that dissuade you from living this dream. Keep your goals in sight. They'll keep you going. All right, so then we jump into the bridge now. Your camera flash, and then in parentheses, we have your camera flash. So the repeated lines there, which is probably Jim. Um, you think it's Jim uh, doubled over? Um, or do you think it's there's enough space for him to sing out afterwards? So I almost wonder, yeah, if it's like, hmm, in the studio, I don't know. Live, isn't it like like a little bit of Tom, yeah. a little bit of Robin? I wouldn't even be surprised. Like, uh, I don't think I queued up a video for the Phoenix session, but even uh, Rick in there singing the call, and then Jim absolutely hitting us yeah. with the response. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So that that could love be, his vocals. I, yeah, this is great. I love these these uh, these parenthetical little phrases here that we have with with Jimmy World. So it's your camera flash on us, meaningless. Your camera flash on us, meaningless. And I think, with my uh, with my analysis of this song so far, I think this is like celebrity photos, photo shoots, all the unnecessary things that come along with stardom. It's never ending, right? The flash bulbs, all that stuff. From one venue to another, it's relent, it's relentless uh, and meaningless. And that's what they're saying is that your camera flash, your your desire to make us these these poster kids. Um, you know, I, I was just thinking about that that magazine image we looked at a while back with Jim holding the marker and <laughs> trying on there, and them getting that yeah yeah, and them getting that direction from the photographer. They're like, we're gonna we're gonna superimpose some marker written in here, but you're gonna you know it's gonna be really cool, and we're gonna use a fisheye lens so it looks really sick. Uh, but that kind of thing where it's like, oh, we got a photo shoot. Then can can we get back to making music now? And uh, it, so that's from one venue to another. Um, having them go is like that. That can be. Uh, relentless and uh that's how i'm interpret interpreting that part is that the camera flash is uh not necessarily paparazzi but it's like the it's those following them and uh, not necessarily yeah. the fans i don't think they're knocking the fans here at all but it's it's the camera flash from the record industry magazine photo exactly. shoots yeah so that's what I think that means at the bridge. Do you have any, did you have any um a, a different no, interpretation? It could even be more esoteric than that. It could even be not even an actual camera flash, but your attention. Yeah, absolutely. On us, your attention on us is is meaningless. <laughs> yeah. That would make a lot more sense if they're talking to if they're talking directly to the record label. They're saying that your your attention on us it's meaningless because you're going to move on to somebody else unless we keep bringing in the the dough. You know, again, it's uh, don't kid yourself. You know, it's for money. <laughs> yep. And and then this last verse is just the first is just two lines here. You cannot waste a single night. What you ignore is priceless to me, to me. So now I think they're de- being told not to waste any time um, and they don't care about the artist's yep. dreams. Uh, but I still hold that close to my heart. <clears throat> These dreams are priceless to me. Right. What you ignore, what yep. you don't care about is priceless to me. My desire to be. Whether or not it's for money is that that successful artist that's standing before a crowd of ten thousand people. Yeah, mm. and I kind of see the thesis of the Clarity Record here, right? Yep. They were not even sure they were going to do another record with Capital because of how poorly Static Prevails performed. Yet they were given an opportunity, and they threw the kitchen sink at it, and they said. You might not be paying attention to what we're doing, but this is important to us, and we're going to do the hell out of it. And they came out with clarity, you know? Yeah. And I love that it's believe in what you want. It's sort of that that shrug, that uh, throw your hands to the sky, believe in what you want, you know? This is yeah. that that equivalent of, 
um, the Sarah Bareilles a love song <laughs> that she got. Yep. She uh-huh. got so totally. so frustrated Absolutely. with with her label saying, "You want a love song? Here you go." And it's one of her most popular yep. ones. But it's that it's that doing it um, the backwards way of of um, of satisfying them. <laughs> hmm. So yeah, I, and I, you know what would be funny is uh, less of. Uh, the label being like, oh, like not paying attention, not getting the tongue in cheek aspect of it more that she wrote a pretty poppy song. That was a big fuck you. And yeah. they're like, all right, we're going to call your bluff and we're going to push the hell out yeah. of this. And it worked. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, all right, make almost me successful. Like passive aggressive. Yeah. Like, <laughs> all right, you you wrote this. We're going to push it out there because we paid for it. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's a great uh, the, the title of the song is perfect for if either of our interpretations are true. Um, I think it's a great way of like summarizing it as a believe in what you want. Believe in what you want. Yep. So. This song title had legs, man, because they used it for the name of an EP that didn't include the song, and they used it for the DVD, yeah, um, which we watched. So it's just kind of a trip that, uh, um, correct? Yeah, it was so we have a whole Patreon episode about it. Um, so I figure rather than watch the whole thing, uh, let me put a watch together uh, link, and we can look at the trailer that I found online from uh, this uh, page. It's like oldvhsrips.com or something like that. They're, they made a YouTube page. Um, and I'm going to post this in here. And I'm going to copy this link and send it to you here. And here is Jimmy Eat World, Believe in What You Want trailer. Old VHS Rips is the YouTube page. Here we go. I love the reversed shot. I thought he had a can of soda in his hand. <laughs> living off that believe in what you want eh. title yeah i mean that's that also that makes me think that that was the big like message to the label especially after they got dropped sure and, and they're making bleed america even right? i don't know if, we, if you and i ever analyzed the cover of the dvd but it's the the empty um theater seats right the stacked theater seats mm-hmm, in red. yeah but just looking at that and saying believe in what you want this has always mm. been for the fans, the ones that sit in these seats that pay to see us, yeah. that love us, that will follow us and not drop us like 
you know, like yesterday's mm-hmm. um, old news. Or doing a label showcase, and this is all the people that came and listened <laughs> to the record when we played it through. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Something like that. Um, and then I did want to do this when we were talking about, oh, um, being DIY punk rock, but not, but like lying to yourself. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with this no effects song. It's one of my favorites from So Long and Thanks for All the Shoes. It's called I'm Telling Tim. And no effects basically wrote a big fuck you song. Oh, yeah. To all the people that said they weren't punk enough. Um, <laughs> I mean, there's a couple uh, songs like this that no effects has done. But this one in particular was talking about I'm telling Tim and Tim in this regard. I always thought it was Tim Armstrong, but it's the guy that ran Maximum Rock and Roll, which was the big punk rock zine. Um, so this song, I don't think it's very long. Uh, if I recall. Yeah, it's a minute long. So let's take a listen to No Effects' I'm Telling Tim, which is all about punk bands saying, uh, uh, this is a very tongue-in-cheek look at punk bands taking the piss out of punk <laughs> bands signing to a major. You're going to get some great guitar horns. Yeah. Classic No Effects. Better put out records DIY. is uh, I'm Telling Tim, one of many NoFX songs where they take the piss of people that said they turned too mainstream. (laughs) Um, And I love that. Anyway, that's what that uh, second verse sort of made me uh, think about. All right. Um, Track notes, in addition. Uh, I was in the old uh, website, so I pulled up this uh, blurb that they used to have on their discography page. This DVD includes a live concert, acoustic videos, a documentary on the making of, release, and success of Bleed American, a bonus CD with live tracks, an in-studio retrospective, and an in-studio retrospective on the making of Bleed American with producer Mark Trombino. And then I found an even older blurb on their website specifically about clarity. And here's what they had to say way back on the old school website. This is our newest quote-unquote written album, Clarity. It was released on February 23rd, 99, and will be our last album of the millennium. It has 13 tracks and is a little over an hour long. It was produced by Mark Trombino and us. It was a blast to make. We are very happy with how it came out, and we hope you all like it. If you uh, don't really know much about us and you're interested in buying something of ours, we recommend that you start with this release. The compact disc was released by Capitol Records, but the double LP was released by Big Wheel Recreation from Boston, Massachusetts. It's the most musical of all of our releases and includes string arrangements, mallet percussion, drum machines, loops, piano, and a bunch of other stuff. Enjoy. Mm. 
And finally, from the web archive, I will send this over to you. The tabs for Believe in What You Want, uh, put together by one uh, faint yellow light. Uh, what was that guy's name? Billy Eat World, Alta Vista. Drop detuning, DAD, GBE. Get your intro, verse, chorus, bridge. And uh, yeah, gotta love a tab. So you know what? Like talking about what you said with the the keys changing in those two different versions, right? The only yeah. thing I could think about would be if they did it in um, just regular standard E tuning and then uh-huh. did the drop D, but then used a capo. So right, it, mm-hmm. that might be how they got to that 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 drastic movement of steps. What would we say? Two and a half. It, also, we're just going. We're taking uh, Toombat's word for it. Right. right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just looking at this. Because I didn't know how to play this one, yeah. and I, I did not realize uh, that it could have been an could have been an E to begin with. Yeah. And then we have the bandbox zine, which we will now uh, mine for content, um, which has a blurb uh, entitled "Believe in What You Want." And uh, I feel like I feel like I've run into this more times than not. The M1 version of the Messages app seems buggy as hell (laughs) like every time i go to type in it it sits there and it uh it just hangs for a minute but i wanted to see if you wanted to take a read yeah this is the scan that we got from uh our friend uh wow god why am i forgetting alex rice Uh, oh no i'm sorry well this is actually from matt schlosser though by way of Um, matt schlosser matt schlosser sent this over (laughs) yes by way of matt schlosser this is the believe in what you want is the name of the blurb but Mm -hmm. i figure um i mean yeah it's interesting because uh you've got bleed american and futures below that but then action needs an audience for invented and paul roger for integrity blue so let's take a look at believe in what you want all right well, even what you want, 1999, Sunny Day Real Estate's market was cratering, and Mineral had serenaded their own end. By the time Jimmy World delivered emo touchstone clarity, the genre caught, was caught between its mythologized second wave and its mainstream third act. The same can be said for this daring capital swan song, which blends lush experimentation, just watch the fireworks, with pop-punk perfection, clarity. The LP's bouncy fourth track reads as a guide on navigating the major label machine from Emo's future elder statesman, who'd been through the corporate ringer with static prevails. Please keep in sight what makes you care. There you go. Yeah. Well said. Very true. I like a, the, the the Emo's future elder statesman. <laughs> yeah. That's a nice uh, way to put it. <laughs> it is. <coughs> oh, pardon. Oh, that's a bit of housekeeping. I'm coming out of the throes of COVID. That was no fun. Oh, yeah, boy. Um, uh, so, um, this save for conjunctions, I want to say that the word believe might be the most oft used word in the band's catalog. Yeah. Because while I was doing research for this track, so many things were coming up that were not this song. Um, and, uh, so then I just started searching for the word believe on lyrics pages and, uh, it was coming up more often than not. And I think it was coming up. When I was searching our Google Drive, yeah, um, and ev- like liner notes for every record <laughs> was coming up, and all of our show notes from p- previous episodes <laughs> were coming up, um, so that was sort of my uh, litmus test, I suppose. Um, I thought it was really cool that uh, Big Wheel Recreation uh, had the um, had the, the vinyl. vinyl copyright, yeah, uh, uh, the phonographic copyright uh, for clarity. Um, ah, did you see? 
Jim's blurb for the 10-year anniversary of Clarity from the site. Uh, no, I didn't. Archive. So we've gone through this before. This is for Believe in What You Want, Jim says. We were asked to contribute a cover for a Duran Duran tribute album. In part of the hoopla for the release, we got to play with Duran Duran in the Hollywood Tower Records parking lot. Remember that? Tower Records? Oh, yeah. That was during the Static Prevails touring time. When we were playing shows in garages and basement that z- basements that Zach himself was booking, at one point, after we met the band, we were surrounded by paparazzi-style photographers. I kept thinking, this is crazy. None of you know or care who we are. I suppose the greater meaning behind the song is to keep in sight what is truly important. Don't get caught up in the fluff that doesn't really matter. So there it is. Comes at least from a, a little bit from meeting uh, Dran Dran and being... <laughs> Dran photographed Dran. with them mm-hmm. Dran Dran. uh so kind of cool i love hearing jim's uh jim's thought <sighs> uh listen to this yeah please let's say it, uh, uh just to kind of piggyback on that that jim's thought so this is the uh, lind mr lind's uh commentary just like i think these are the little single oh sentence. my god i didn't pull zach's <laughs> yeah uh it's very oh what an idiot thank you for finding this yeah straight and, and this this has basically been placed on to uh wikipedia but this is just what he had to say um very briefly about this uh, i'll start with the beginning of this paragraph according to lynn your new aesthetic was a very uh was originally a very mellow song but was turned into a more aggressive dark song this version was named skeleton because the guitar sections between the verses felt like a horror film music uh to the band it had that. different lyrics but atkins thought he could improve upon them and change the lyrics to the, those mellow versions or all right the final version is about commercialization of radio and unabashed conformity showcasing the band's punk roots. Believe in What You Want is a police-influenced post-punk track that talks about keeping in mind what is important to oneself and not getting stuck with unimportant matters. Part of its lyrics refer to dealing with the process of being on a major label, influenced by their interactions on Capitol. So that's a a bit of what uh, what he had to say about that. Yeah. Yeah. So what were you going to say? What did you find? Look at this. This is an interesting take from Uproxx. And I want to know what your thought is on this. All right. I don't want to give Capital too much credit here, but if they were the ones who decided sweetness wasn't a good fit for clarity, they made the right call. At least that's the case with the version that's been retroactively appended to its deluxe reissue. A scrappier take more in line with the sweetness that was approaching uh, that was appearing in their live sets alongside Lucky Denver Mint and Crush. There's an argument that it's thematically aligned with say believe in what you want so i thought that was an interesting take that they think sweetness are they saying that sweetness is thematically aligned with believe in what you want well just look at the lyrics here i mean if you're listening sing it back definitely going um and i know there's no way to where my head's at (laughs) (laughs) there's there's almost no way it's unavoidable for bands to sing about the fans right but they do love jimmy world loves their fans uh but if you're listening sing it back going to the image of the the theater chairs there and believe in what you want you know talking about these are the people that we're playing for not this record company and then down i was spinning free with a little sweet and simple numbing me um maybe spinning free that me that also has lines pulled from this spinning and spinning we've got sweetness mm. with i was spinning free with a little sweet and simple numbing me i think that's the sweet um that's the simple syrup right and a, a little bit of um that's how i always yeah right a little it. bit of booze kind of numbing me 
maybe thematically, I would agree with that. But all right, cool. But it's hard. That was an interesting take and something that was sort of a left turn from what I was expecting to find. Um, And finally, in my uh, track notes, um, found lots of fun stuff on the old site. Oh, (laughs) that we should uh, do a Patreon about, um, which includes band interviews. So the webmaster at the time did interviews with each of the band members. Also, the band did interviews with their touring partners. So there's like an interview. There's two interviews that I found in particular with uh, bands they were touring with um, at the time. There's a frequently asked questions. There's an equipment list written by them. And it's just pure HTML, like like just like no design, no frills, just text on a page. It's terrific. (laughs) So that's the end of track notes. Okay. Here, take a look at this. This is from, how do you interpret this? This is from Outpost Print Co., Looking at that, what do you see in in that image? Because I'll tell you what I see. Oh yeah, I forgot to I forgot to get this. Um, back and forth, like a like a blue line going right and then left and then right yeah. and then left. And that's kind of, that's exactly what I see. So it's it's four. Um, there's about gosh, how many is this? About about thirty oh, yeah. about thirty vertical lines, but there's four stacks of them, mm-hmm. and it goes a gradient that goes from green to blue, and then blue to green, and then green to blue. And I think of this as uh, like the loading bar, but this is just like if you uh-huh, had taken yeah, every uh-huh, yeah, totally. animated frame out of a loading bar, that's what it would look yeah, like. Yeah, good call. Yeah. Um, and I think this is believe in what you want. It's like you're constantly waiting, spinning, going back and ah. forth, back and forth. Um, I'm so glad you found that. Yeah, we'll get Charles Miller on one day. <laughs> one day. Yes, and so that's what I—that's how I interpret that. It's a beautiful one. They all are, but that yeah. one is is uh, specifically um, pretty to me. Yeah. So, uh, Any, yeah, I do have a couple of other things. There's another thing. Please. Check this out, man. I told you I was on Flickr the other day for the first time, trying to track down oh. somebody. Forgot I had a Flickr account, <laughs> and hey. it's had some old photos of uh, some clients that I photographed at a long years. People I don't even remember. I don't even know who they were, and like Whoa. they were friends though. Because I did it as a, as a um, uh, just for free, gratis. But check this out. I will send you this. I'll just send you the image. This is, oh, you know what? They don't let you do that anymore. Let's see, I'll just send you the page. So this is user Hev Ding, and it's an image of, looks like. Oh, it's like a post it. No, yeah. And this is the neon yellow. Uh, do you believe in what you want at a nice low angle? This could be, this almost yep. looks like it could be some kind of uh, album cover. Uh, so it looks like the user's name is uh, Heather, and the title of it is Do You Believe in What You Want? And two people down here, Paul Glover and Bianca Polak, both uh, pro level. <laughs> I forgot about pro. I never went pro. This was taken with the <laughs> Fujifilm Fine Picks, man. Those were, do you remember those? Uh, my, gosh, my. Looking at the image here, that was like uh, the small camera body with a large lens, right? Uh, well, that was the one where you would you would go to turn it on, so right by the shutter, and then mm-hmm. the, the front would slide open, and then the, the it would just, the I guess the, the barrel would kind of slide out. Oh, okay. Right. And uh, gosh, man, those things were very rugged. And I remember both my ex-girlfriend and now Lindsay both had one that they would just religiously take to shows. And I so, had a Sony with this design. Yeah. Yeah. I it love them. like proto DSLR. Yeah. 
Right. Yeah. And, but it was what was nice was it, it was like a it could fit in your purse or it could fit in your pocket if I was holding on well, to no, it. No, this is not the pocket one. I don't think I I clicked on it and it's it. This is the body design that came. Oh, up. I see what you're saying. So it, this is this actually looks like the Canon. Um, gosh, you're right. Yeah, I see what you're saying. So I'm thinking of yeah. the one. It was a smaller one, uh, rectangular, no barrel. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 It, it. 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 It looked about the size of a small right wallet. Right. And then when you turned it on, the lens would like servo out. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Okay, but that the one I was talking about those little those little rectangular ones are the ones that I remember. Um, mm-hmm. I wish I could remember the uh, the model of my Canon. That I used to that I photographed at CSUN. I I won their photography contest with. Oh, that guy. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, you took a picture of the uh, the, the parking, uh, parking structure, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. So taken with that, uh, shoot, I just wanted to kind of look one last look, see if I could find it. Nope, they're all Fuji films. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I remember around that time, uh, two thousand, yeah, nine ish. There were also the ones where the lens you could almost interchange the lens, and I think they let they were better at low light photography because they had fixed uh, lenses. It wasn't like quite a DSLR, but it was a small camera body that you could uh, attach a lens on the front of. And uh, when I saw people with those, I really wanted one of those. Um, and then I ended up going the DSLR route. Yeah. Um. Okay, mine was the Canon PowerShot S3IS. That's what it was. It had image stabilization and all that built into Ooh. it. Mm, yeah. It's still oh, it's uh, it's 80 it's $89 now. Nice. <laughs> Discontinued by manufacturer. That's the one. The yeah, S3. Yeah, I definitely had the Sony version of this. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so that was a lot of fun just to kind of get into. I felt like I was getting into photography with that. So um Yeah, me too. Heather, yeah. But Paul Glover and, and Bianca Pollock say, Jimmy World Rocks, how are you lighting these? Interesting stream you have here. <laughs> and then Bianca says, Congratulations on placing second in your challenge. You may place this photo in the second chance challenge. Good luck with your next challenge. Oh my. Um so it's nice. some kind of flicker challenge group to keep people active there. Uh I so I just searched my photos album. And I had a Sony DSC H5. Oh, yeah. And that produced some great photos. Yep. This is the one that my cousin ended up upgrading to. That was because <laughs> it had the 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 lenses that uh, it was at different lenses and all that. Or at least his did. I think you could attach like like the lens would not shoot out of the front if you attached a lens to yeah. it. But yeah. And my shutter button ended up falling off, and I tried. I I think I like. Uh, I think I trimmed a push pin um, down to be the exact length it needed to be to to activate the shutter. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And and I tried to trim the back of the shutter, but it was too jagged the plastic. And I tried to put tape over it to make it fit, uh-huh. and it just didn't. And wow. that, was, that was the end of that camera for me. I thought you were gonna say it worked, and, and you got another couple of years out of it with a, a push pin or a thumbtack on there. I definitely tried to get a couple more years yeah. out of it, but most of my good photos from back in like yeah, two thousand seven, February two thousand seven. Um, are from that camera where it's like, oh, that doesn't look like a really old photo. Like that just looks like, uh, I mean, that could have been taken on an iPhone today. It's right. so cl- crisp and clear. Um, but yeah, look how young I was. Oh, skinny. <laughs> What's that? Is that um, oh, Flat Stanley? That's Flat Stanley, baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Flat Stanley project. I love at, it. Uh, Disney California Adventure Park <laughs> with the mouse on California Screaming and the sun wheel 
Oh man! Oh, that takes me to World of look Color. At, I at, almost cried, David. I, in fact, I did. I'll, I'll say oh, I, yeah. I did. World I, of Color is terrific. Yeah, this is pre-World of Color, post uh, Luminaria, and look, there is not a person in sight. Yeah, wild. <laughs> How long has <laughs> did, is, was uh, California Adventure open in this? California Adventure at this point had been open six years. Wow, so yeah. wild. <laughs> yep, not a person <laughs> in sight. I mean, where I am, you could kind of still get that picture today. Yeah, at the right time. That, but I mean, there's no one on what's now Pixar Pier behind right. me. Right. <laughs> okay, oh, I've man. got uh, a couple more camera talk. Yeah, baby. A couple other things. <laughs> um, here, let's start with Stereo Gum because this guy's a dick anyway. <gasps> oh, yeah. I saw some dickish ones Ugh, for sure. Yeah. Let's do the dicky ones. Okay. Yeah. This one's uh, Ian Cohen. This is Clarity Turns Twenty. Everything Wait, we've talked about Ian Cohen before. I know. Well, because I think we just did. Yeah. Um, I want to say we did we just do a, a clarity track recently? I want to I feel like we've done the um God, why am I blanking on them? The uh, the ska band, the uh I was gonna say the Holophonics. <laughs> yeah, Holophonics. Yeah. And uh we you know, I I feel like we always dip into Ian Cohen's freaking well here. But I'll yeah, give... our last was one fourteen. We did twelve twenty three ninety five. Okay. So yeah, that was just in December. All right. And then let's see. So I'll give him another forty five seconds of airtime here. Whatever long shot faith. <laughs> Uh, Adkins had on Lucky Denver Mint feels completely dashed on Believe in What You Want, which trades the bile of your new aesthetic for a more devastating resignation. While Jimmy World have downplayed the idea of the band bottoming out and playing empty gigs after Clarity, they were objectively stuck between putting trust in simple acts, that's what they mean by putting flyers up all over town, gutting it out through every gig and photo shoot, while recognizing they were out to make someone else money. What you ignore is priceless to me, Adkins shouts, not to the fans they hadn't made yet, but to the people bankrolling Clarity. Capital didn't give a shit about us, Adkins joked later on, and it cut both ways. Jimmy and World were free to make this spacey and experimental album while knowing Capital wouldn't give it the time of day. <laughs> Maybe Jimmy and World could have made an album entirely out of their experience as a, major, as a major label band about to become yesterday's big thing. Their pack up the cats or what have you side note uh drummer zach lynn's twitter is a reliably good source for dirt and if you look at clarity in a certain way it might already be that kind of album so i think he kind of mm. maybe toward the end of this he, he comes around but the second half of that seemed decent like he was actually sure. referring back to actual band um quotes <laughs> um i've got phoenix new times this was written by pete cottle March 5th, 2009 at 4 a.m. This is a scheduled post. Uh, it's not that mean toward Jimmy Eat World, but take a listen. Uh, there's a tirade against shameless conformity, your new aesthetic, a herky-jerky post-punk police homage, believe in what you want, and a shimmering power ballad, for me this is heaven, that eventually was name-checked by detestable new school emo poster boys something corporate <laughs> in a song that actually is about getting to second base in an automobile that may or may not be manufactured by Chrysler. <laughs> <laughs> it really did not... Pete's not a, a fan of uh, something corporate and Andrew McMahon's work at this time. <laughs> um, I have some older ones here, uh, two older ones. I'm trying to think. Uh, let's see. I think this is the meaner of the two. Uh, this is from, yes, The War Against Silence, posted August 5th, 99. I had to pull this from the web archive from the Jimmy Eat World online site that had a media tab. Believe in what you want is jumpy and strangled like a frosting on the beater era posies outtake 
that they never got around to writing the shiny hooks for. And that's just the <laughs> sentence about believe in what you want. Uh, they really tore uh, clarity apart. Let me read the uh, the last. Oh, let me read what they said about uh, from uh, about Goodbye Sky Harbor, the rare 16 minute final track that is not a three minute song, 10 minutes of silence, and then another three minute song. It is instead an odd anti-epic that spends the first three minutes unraveling the next 10 in what you'd only call a jam if you'd been raised by appliances and wind chimes and the last three (laughs) trying to figure out how philip glass might sound as drum and bass lucky denver mint no more prepares you for these luminous dioramas than pinball for nebulae wow wow man so that's written uh by who wrote this wind chimes (laughs) It doesn't say. It's just the war against silence. Did they? Uh, Glenn McDonald. Oh, man. They also reviewed uh, kind of like Spitting, Braid, The Gloria Record, Christy Front Drive, and that's in the Verve Pipe. Mm. So August 5th, 99. Turn off your stereo. Ease. Uh, yeah. All right. This, um, let's see. This was a New York Times article. Years later, Ooh. an appeal to heart and head. Music review, Jimmy World by Nate Shinen. Uh, yeah, February 24th, 2009. This was, I had to look this up. This is uh, Take Back the Radio. Hollered a sizable portion of the crowd at Terminal 5 on Monday night. Three songs into a tightly focused show by Jimmy World. That rallying cry against the supposed lowering of standards on the airwaves that seemed to arrive on cue. It mirrored a line sung by the guitarist Tom Linton during a tune called Your New Aesthetic. And if the sentiment behind the line felt a touch outdated, that probably suited everyone in the room just fine. Um, I had to look real quick at what Terminal 5 was. I don't know if we've ever referred back to this venue. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's a New York City music venue in Hell's Kitchen. So it's in Manhattan. And uh, it is 3,000 people. So it's not enormous, right? I guess it's a, a multi-level event site. It's it's not it's tiny. It's like a um, Hustle Blues size. Yeah, right? So alcoholic beverages and all that stuff. Or Palladium, maybe? Maybe the Palladium. Uh, Palladium, we've looked this up before. Let's see. Capacity. Yeah. Palladium is 4,000. So yeah, you're right. Okay, so yeah. Palladium size. Uh, Terminal 5 in the Bowery. And uh, they go on to say this. The songs on Clarity convey acute self-awareness along with flashes of grace and insolence. The album is a pitch-perfect teenage plaint, though the concert made a case for continuing relevance beyond graduation. Simple discourse breaks you clean in half. Mr. Adkins wailed in Crush, a punk salvo about unrequited affections on Just Watch the Fireworks he opened with the insight. Here you can be anything I think that scares you. And on Believe in What You Want, he tweaked and barbed the old axiom about one man's treasure. What you ignore is priceless to me. A little poetic there from uh, yeah. Nate Shinnen. I've taken pictures of Jimmy Eat World with that Sony camera. <laughs> <laughs> Sick, <laughs> man. Like, I'm scrubbing through every photo I've ever taken with that camera. I'm like, yeah, they're pretty good. Some some of the low lights are a little blurry, but there's a, there's a shot of Tom <laughs> with that uh, camera. Oh, pretty yeah. Pretty good lens. I think, what was it, a 20 times lens? Yeah. That's pretty good, man. Not bad. Yeah. So my last one is uh, from November 2nd, 99 by The Yellow Jacket. Another I had to pull from the archive at JimmyWorldOnline.com. 
Uh, the songs included on Clarity range from heavy and brooding to sparse and quiet to pure pop. Clarity has the Jimmy Eat World signature straightforward rock songs like Believe in What You Want, Crush, and Blister. More involved songs, such as Lucky Denver Mint and 10, use drum loops, droning, and ambient guitar tones underneath the live drums and music. Conversely, in 1223.95, live drums are completely replaced by a drum machine. So that's what the yellow jacket had to say and that's it that i have for reviews or articles okay uh shall we move it to what uh, they have to say in the community let us did you find anything on facebook for this one anything good no at least yeah me neither no. i couldn't find any good conversations about it um no let's see what is this this was a year ago phoenix sessions which songs were elevated for you uh submitted by table for glasses self-post here uh, so we've had so many threads over the past few weeks, but I felt like this was another worthwhile one. Let's be honest, this was, for a lot of us, one of the most exciting things to happen with Jimmy World. There are only a few things in the music industry over the past few years that have fired me up quite like last Friday did. And I don't know if you can notice that. Actually, it's behind my head now. But I just finally put up my foil poster for the uh, Phoenix That's Sessions right. and signed one today. Finally got it out of the tube. I don't think I did the foil poster. I don't think I did. Yeah. I I, uh, I wanted. If I did, I have no idea what it is. <laughs> Right. I hope that's it. Well, you'll find it in some. Well, maybe Wes will find it one day and go, oh, look at this. My dad blow, blow it off and then yeah. uh, hang it up somewhere. <laughs> um, so a table for glasses 24. Uh, with that said, the two that really stand out for me are your new aesthetic and believe in what you want. It sounded like it had so much more body than on the album, too. And then believe in what you want. It's hard for me to put my finger on why. Maybe it was the beautiful landscapes and the entire atmospheric feel, but it felt both wistful and hopeful all at once in a manner that the album never really captured and uh let's see what else did anyone have to say in here yeah uh, shades of shades in the commentary below specifically believe in what you want 10 and clarity were also fucking great live that they've been on re repeat uh and then where the falls begin the bridge in believe in what you want is in my opinion the absolute highlight of the band's career so there you go that epic uh bridge you were talking totally. about camera flash on us meaningless so good good commentary in that thread um let's see oh clarity survivor results where did it fit uh, round seven got knocked out with a 47.83 percent or 11 votes did anyone else no one else said anything and this was in pebble swift's 2018 yeah so three years ago three years ago man wow right we had him on one of the it, earliest it, losing episodes. those years to COVID is like, i yeah. know right makes it just kind of a trip uh-huh this yeah it, it feels like all this time was lost right yeah uh how about this hit me this is the year that disneyland opened god um 1967 uh 12 years sooner <laughs> oh right 1955 <laughs> yep uh so jt o'donnell's number 55 believe in what you want clarity 99 you've probably noticed to this point i haven't said much of anything about rick it's not his fault, but Jimmy World Sound doesn't really rely on bass guitar to be its fulcrum on like 99% of their songs. It is much more about the interplay and power of Jim and Tom on guitar and Zach on drums. But Rick has held a few moments through the years to shine. 
has had a few moments through the years to shine, and perhaps the best of those early moments comes on the rumbling baseline of Believe in What You Want. Also, Believe in What You Want was the name of the band's making of documentary for Bleed American, which has several hilarious bits, including Tom telling an interview his name was Switchblade and spelling it out after the other three guys had truthfully followed the interviewer's instructions. The guys have always said Tom was the funniest guy in the band, for a reason. So not much about the song in particular, <laughs> more about Switchblade, and uh, that's good. Um, I did pull the top song meanings comment, so I suppose we can listen to this. Okay. From JEW405, July 8th, 2002. So I had just graduated high school. Personally, I can't see how anyone can distinguish between favorites on Clarity, but that's just me, smiley, winky face. The entire CD is incredible. To me, the gym is <laughs> the gym <laughs> the is gym. saying that the world is so incredibly materialistic <laughs> and shallow that the things of true beauty and worth mean nothing to the masses. That being said, he goes on to say that what is truly beautiful is still important, especially to the people closest to you, no matter what the world does, how it acts or how it treats you. The things that make you a special person are the most important things you can do and have. In the chorus, it seems he's telling you to examine yourself and make sure you define yourself by things that make you happy, not everyone else. Real people will notice that. I think the last lines, especially, what you ignore is priceless to me, is meant for the fake people that want to make up most of the world. And this sounds like right up what Jim is always talking about, the Integrity Blues letter, all those right. things. Uh, uh, I think this falls right in line with uh, that and then as i am want to do lately i like to scroll the uh, last fm shout box um such a beautiful and amazing song jim's melody in this is awesome says josh james uh clarity is just a perfect album says taste the magic people who prefer futures over clarity should be forced to donate their records to charity uh says mr shamit um uh, uh, I'm trying to see if there's anything particularly funny. <laughs> That's why I became emo, quote unquote, and then an arrow pointing. I guess the author is around 12, says Anne Famous 182. <laughs> <laughs> um, give up with the I'm so emo stuff, says the one and only 42. Uh, and I guess here's the original emo princess X emo princess X says, oh, believe in what you want. That's why I became emo all caps <laughs> to be different. It, I believe it is what I want. Love the song. Amazing equals D for the big smiley, uh, toothy grin face. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah. Uh, somebody just quoting the song anyway. Uh, <laughs> Lunchbox Hero has the first comment uh, from June of Lunchbox 2006. Uh, this is my favorite song ever. It reminds me of summertime. So there it is. Uh, I got. I love the shout box. Yeah. I'm glad you went through those. Uh, a couple more from uh, the subreddit here. This one was uh, walking on a wire a year ago. What is your favorite small slash obscure sound or detail in a Jew song? Curious what little sound, effect, vocal emphasis, short riff, production choice, etc. are your favorites in the Jimmy World discography. We're not talking lyrics. Those little details are choices that uh, you always notice or enjoy. It can be something very hard to notice in the background or something quite obvious, but preferably the more obscure, the better. And Calm Panda says the subtle organ in the background of Believe in What You Want that kicks in more prominently around the second verse. The first time I noticed it, it felt like I was listening to a brand new song. 
That Vox Continental showing back up gain. Yeah. And uh, classic. Classic Vox Continental. And uh, the last thing I have is from uh, Viridi Violetier. Another song by Song Clarity Appreciation Post submitted three years ago. And again, three years ago. Believe in what you want. More of the same feel from your new aesthetic. I like how refreshing and different from the rest of the album it is. Also, the chorus is very catchy. Can't deny it's still probably my least liked song on the album, despite me actively wanting to listen to it. Um, I say give in. And then the commentary, don't shoot that tank. One thing you have to appreciate is the huge variety of tempos and textures present, which in turn create a lot of different vibes. Believe in what you want. Chorus is jubilant. Ten is gentle and solemn. Clarity is in your face and violent. I like that. The chorus is jubilant. Mm-hmm. Spinning and spinning. It is very jubilant. Put your hands up. Believe in what you want. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's all Believe I got. Believe you me. <laughs> All right. Uh, before we start listening to other versions and live versions, you want to take a listen to the demo? Yes, please. Let us. Jump right into yeah. it, man. Listen to the bass tone, man. Power cables. You can tell he's doing the finger stuff. Yeah. In that open string. Yep. Here is Rick on this man. Yeah. Oh, some yeah. new lyrics here. Midwest emo with that twinkly guitar up there. Your camera splash. Cameras flash. Oh, yeah, yeah. okay. Pretty faithful to what ended up on the record. There was that one little lyric uh, that I missed. Yeah, right? From the make the flyers get them up all over town. Yeah. 
All right, so there is the demo. And now I've got what I call other versions. Ah. <laughs> uh, and these are things that aren't necessarily the song itself or are different versions of the same song. So this is a song called Believe by DJ Bum Bum. <laughs> Did this come up for you at all? DJ Bum Bum does not sound familiar to me, no. <laughs> all right, take a listen to DJ Bum Bum and what this is. Mostly, I came across this because... In the lyrics are the words, believe in what you want. Um, so I'm going to let this kick in a little bit. This is going to take you back to your club days, dude. quite the uh you know it's a house track right so it's got quite the build to it i'm gonna jump to where i vaguely remember the believe in what you want there getting dropped there it is So yeah, that just you, rem- that sounds so ninety nine. <laughs> I mean, were you were you hearing the chorus in your head over those those initial chords that you played? I kept wanting my mind wanted to hear, to hear Jim going. We we spinning. we we just might hear that later. It's all I'm saying. <laughs> Justin. Gotcha. That, okay, th- and I'm it might really work really well, <laughs> dude. Okay, okay, okay. You know, who can know? All right. Who uh, can here's know? another song where uh, the words <laughs> "believe in what you want" come up. I don't think I listened to this at all. I wanted it to be a surprise. Uh-huh. This is called "Faith" in parentheses. Oh no, no, no! I called it "Faith" in parentheses, not about God. Um, but it's just "Faith" in parentheses. Original song, and uh, I'll read a little bit of the caption. This is by. Uh, Grovac Entertainment and it says I know a lot of people don't think God is real but this song is about faith not God himself if you don't believe that's fine this is just a song believe in what you want so that's how this song by Thomas Riley So that is Faith. And then this is the last one. This song is called The Way 
by Darkness Spirals. And I really want it to be that song from the 90s by Fastball, The Way. Yeah. Uh, which I love. Uh, I don't think it's that. Um, and uh, this is a second song that will be on our first album. Believe in what you want. Just don't lose yourself to it. So let's listen to The Way. Can you hear it? Oh, there's visuals. Light. I should have put this in watch together. Oh, all right. I'm gonna have to go to watch together. Sorry, I can't. I can't. You can't. <laughs> there are some visuals here. Can you hear it? Ah, the infinite zoom, huh? Kissing a crucifix, which turns into the sky Whoa. through a cityscape. Now an angel is cutting off Jesus' head with a katana? What in the and hell is this? a bunch of angels in utero, and this is wild. Oh, dude. Or KKK men yeah. in the forest. I'm not sure what I'm looking at. This is a nightmare is what this is. What the hell is this? Yeah, this looks like demons This is like, you know, like Mulder and Scully got called in to, like, uh, investigate some kid, and they're looking into his music collection. <laughs> this, is this is what this is, right? He's he's quite disturbed, Scully. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think people really listen to music like this. You know, I just saw David Duchovny was playing a festival, and I was like, look at David Duchovny getting out there. Yeah. <laughs> he was, like, playing a festival. It was great. He was, like, early on in the day, so he probably got to, like, just chill in his bus and, like, watch bands. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what any of his music sounds like. Okay, so I've got two decors and a nightcore. Um, so let's take a listen. I doubt there's anything to see. I'll just play them over here on my end. Uh, this is uh, decor one. I think Matthew Golms uh, uh, did all of these. So let's take a listen to Decor 1. So maybe like slowed down by like yeah two percent. Not much. Not much. <laughs> not much. Let's take a listen to Decor Two, also by same person. This is, I mean, three oh five. I mean, it's actually a little faster <laughs> than the other. Oh no, this is at least tuned down. Yeah. Is that the difference? Is this tuned down more than it's slowed down? Yeah, it seems like the same speed. It sounds like he's yawning. Nothing that makes That's what decor is. Decor is you're waking up after a night, after after you're after listening, listening to nightcore. To nightcore? And you're tired. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so let's listen to nightcore. Let's get let's get pumped up. All right, it's three oh eight. I think it's just pitched up. I don't know, man. <laughs> 
These are not the Nightcore and Daycore we're using. No way. What is this app that this person is using? All three of them are using the SingPlay app. Well, there's that, I guess. Um, like, come on. Like, let me, you know what? I'm going to turn that Nightcore into Nightcore. Here we go. Please I'm going to hit play. But I'm yeah. just going to actually just go in here into settings. Playback speed. Two. There we go. Oh, man, the club's calling me. <laughs> All right. And then let's make a decor a decor. And let's take his uh, yawning one and make that into a decor. Uh, where did I put it? Here it is. And let's go ahead and uh, playback speed. Let's do half. Half speed. Let's see. Pearl Jam? <laughs> Don't go on going through. Alright, that's enough of that. Let's quit fucking around. Uh, Alright, that's all I have uh, before we okay. jump into some live videos and versions okay. that i have so uh i figure we could just kind of cherry pick here uh i've got columbus ohio in 98 i've got i don't know where uh louisville kentucky at some uh festival uh in 99 i've got atlanta in 99 and nita's hideaway in 2000 uh, Let's do, we'll do C-Bus, and then we'll go down to Atlanta, and then we'll go over to Nita's Hideaway. All right, let's take a listen. Here's a little bit of Columbus. This sounds like the record, man. It sounds like somebody just playing the record on a PA. Yeah. <laughs> and then they like also have like a crowd sound effect CD playing. I like that harmony there. But... Similar to the demo. <laughs> Rushing a little bit there, Zach. All right. So uh, now uh, we mentioned going to Atlanta. Let's uh -huh. take a listen. Uh, we'll listen to a little bit of the intro. And then maybe I'll jump to a minute in to hear that second verse. See if they introduce the song in any way, like this is on our new record or something like that. 
Nope. Alright, so I'm gonna jump to about 107 before we left off. that open up yeah sounds so good that second guitar oh sing it Tom yeah dude he's out there yeah I love having the second vocal mixed high I hate yep. when you can see somebody singing on stage and you can't hear it Oh God, I can't stop. Oh no, no high uh, singing. This, this is deep in the tour. Yeah, dude. Oh, there you go. <laughs> It's like a B minus. Deep, deep in the door. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sounded like so the song. <laughs> now we're going to listen to a little bit of Nita's Hideaway from 2000. And not only do I have audio, but I have video. And this is the guy that rented the the thing. Yeah. This guy and his brother uh, rented the thing. So I'm going to put this up and watch together. And let's take a listen. And All right. let's take a look at how, what they do on the bridge there. Let's listen to a little bit of the beginning. And then we'll jump to the bridge. This is the third track at this show. Oh, just. And this is where they have the DAT recorder plugged directly into the board. And they synced it up with their uh, footage. I'm going to jump to the three quarters of the way there. I like that little step down right there. Yeah. Look at Tom. Look, he's zooming into Tom. I'm going to back up. Because now we have video, let's, let's take a look at how they're doing the call and response for the bridge. All right. But I love that zoom into Tom there. Tom to Jim. step down right yeah. there that is Bam. cool they yeah. don't do that anymore nah. <laughs> <laughs> that was really cool so then i've got bizarre fest uh in 2002 i've got clarity live in 09 and then i've got phoenix sessions oh i, I think it's go bizarre fest man yeah, bizarre okay, fest bizarre. at 3650 on this one and uh let's see if we can find the bridge 3650 on this video here Man, the beginning of the show. VHS, I love it. Alright, here we go with Blue. Let's go, 
I'll believe in what you want. Oh, cool little intro. Ooh, shot of the moon. Yeah. Oh, I love this intro they're doing. Very cinematic. intro sweaty gym yeah, <laughs> I love he's owning the staccato of this song alright I'm gonna jump forward about a minute and a half and see if we can find the bridge oh the end of it Yeah, I love this pro shot video because you can see Tom really owning the high end of that neck. <laughs> I'm so used to Jim really belting that part. It's so weird hearing him not do it. Yeah. There he goes. They sort of did that half step down there. Yeah, yeah. Right, everyone having a blast at that show. Oh, man. Remember shows? <laughs> yeah. All right, so oh. Phoenix Sessions. So I only pulled the audio version. But I'm interested in pulling, if you want to give me a second to pull the uh the video the video uh, so we can see robin in the mix okay but it takes more than one person so everyone jump on and we'll miss i just want to hear the transition i love it like them I'm looking to see if Robin's even bass. playing with them on this track. Yeah, he's over there. So I'm gonna jump forward a couple minutes and see if I can let's see if I can needle drop the bridge here. <laughs> Alright. Nice. Okay, yep, Robin's singing that part now. So yeah, maybe I just always think he does the high one automatically. No Tom at all. And let's see in the chorus is Tom singing. Yeah, okay. There's Tom. Do you 
relaxing. Very fun. All right, so there it is. Uh, Those are all of those that I could find. Um, Any other versions that you have before we jump into covers, Justin? No, no. All right. Thanks for finding all those too, man. Yeah. What do you got in terms of covers? I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I've got four that I, I kept. I didn't watch any of them. And one of which we, right. we know what it is. We already know what it is. Um, right. So uh, who do you like? Who do you want to hear? Let's start with the holophonics. All right. Why not? So what? Holophonics me. All right. Yeah. Here, here, here <laughs> they come. God, that baseline. This really lends itself to the Oh, dude. Oh, God. <laughs> You're that gold finger in there? Yeah, baby. <laughs> be like the perfect record to put on in the background and maybe people will realize that it's all the same song like from one record but oh yeah oh it really opened it up here in the last one so charles miller and the holophonics we gotta get on yeah some remaining clarity episodes maybe they'll be on one of these maybe they'll be on this one i'll task you (laughs) (laughs) Ah, that was terrific wow all right, so those were the holophonics version. Uh, awesome. Uh, what else? Um, oh, you know, let's do Acoustic Boy. You have Paul Futch. I've got Paul Futch. Here we go. Let's listen into to Paul the Futch together. And Paul was recent, right? Let's see. When was this? Oh, no, October twenty first, twenty sixteen. So celebrating Integrity Blues coming out. 
313 views. I'm give it an upvote here. It's Capo in the one and playing it standard two. G? Looks like. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. So it's, yeah, man. It's got clarity up on the wall back there. Social distortion. That. I have a feeling he inherited that couch from his mom. Oh, yeah. Laurel patterns for days. And an off hat. Wow. This dude's a head. Yeah, I've never seen anyone. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we're talking about the uh, repellent, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's got to be, uh, I think, off. No, I'm thinking all. Off is a different band. Who? Uh, okay, let's go to off. I feel like I've been You're right. <laughs> mistakenly You're right. Keep... playing off a lot lately, and I'm not sure why. Um, huh. Off, the band. Um, here we go. Off, their top song is Holier Than Thou. Metallica Blacklist. Oh, is this that Metallica record? All right, let's go to their second most popular. 2014. No, I thought Off was a way older band than this. Um, Circle Jerks. Um, what are Black they flag. connected to? Keith Morris, one of the pioneers of L.A. hardcore punk scene, is lead singer with the first uh, line, uh, lineup of Black Flag and the co-founder of Circle Jerks. Oh, I see where you're getting at, but yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought Off was way... I, I must be conflating Off and All. Um, which is a Descendants side project band. But um, yeah, I guess we can listen a little bit. I don't know holier than thou. Let's listen to Void You Out from Wasted Years in 2014. Here's a little bit of off. One, two, one, two, three, go. <laughs> I guess we'll never know. Yeah. <laughs> this is a feature of uh, Apple Music. Well, look it up yourself. <laughs> what was the track? Uh, Void You Out. It was just their top song that wasn't a Metallica right, here, here cover. Here we go. Here we go. Yeah, I still believe that this could be for a uh, bug repellent, but we'll never know. <laughs> all right, Pull well, much. I left him a comment telling him you got to listen to some off tonight. Um, okay. All right. So, uh, all right, sweet. Great job, Paul. Um, yeah. Paul. Paul. Paul's Pull dead. Uh, Pull all right, who's dead. next? Who's next on our uh, uh, crazy wheel of... Haicha. Oh, yes. Okay, so this is a guitar cover, right? Yep. All right, Haicha. Haicha. Like a let's see what guitar this is semi hollow body classic uh, corded headphones yeah all wadded up and tangles yeah, <laughs> when you know they're working such an amazing and underrated tune posted May second twenty twenty one this is the uh, newest uh, used amplitude four and reaper to record this. 
Nicely done. Good tone. Yeah, great tone. Benjamin Patches says, Drop D. I mean, the song's in Drop D. I think so. So, uh, you have to go back, says, Nice work. I had trouble learning the riff and had to look through some live videos. I just couldn't get it to sound quite right. Oh, yeah, I see. Yeah. That was great. That was technical and like something I could not do. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That was great. Haicha. Cool. How'd you know? Uh, The the last, (laughs) (laughs) the last one I have is the, uh, my so-called nineties band. All right, sweet. Let's play my so-called nineties band playing the Cajon. We've talked about these guys before. Yeah. I love their harmonies. Let's check it out. Harms, man. Does this dude play bass or what? (laughs) Check out our Clarity playlist for the full album. Comment below. Let us know what other songs slash albums from the 90s you'd like us to cover. Uh, What song should we tell them to cover? They should do Fastball the way. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Talking about that one. Now let's make sure we can go to their channel here. Did they do fastball? They might have at a live show. <laughs> They got it. <laughs> they got it. They nailed uh, gonna, the harm, man. Comment, Dudes, you did it. <laughs> All right. Uh, that is my so-called knives. Uh, there's at least one other I wanted to play. Ah, One Man House Band. Did you see One Man House Band? 
One man. No, I did not. I filed this under ukulele covers. Ooh. He's going to show us I how to play. What it. you want by Jimmy World. First part E minor, D, C, A minor. Bottom string, second fret. fret one, and then fourth on the next. D, two, 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 zero. C, zero, 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 three. Ah, punched in. <laughs> yep. <laughs> This is great. <laughs> A Kailua ukulele. Mm. Now I want pork. D. C. That's Kalua pork. A minor. <laughs> when this episode D. comes out, I'll be in Hawaii. C. Yeah, you will. Second part. The chorus. G. E minor. C. A minor. C. Repeat that. G. This is great. I'm I'm eating this up. That's D shape. Two. Three, it's D shape. Two. Yeah. One of the few I can remember. <laughs> A minor. Two. Nothing zero, that makes any zero, sense. Zero. Oh, okay. So G. E minor. C. A minor. Ooh. C. That's pretty. Yeah. You can do this twice. E minor. C. A minor. C. Third part. The bridge. I don't want to stop, but it's terrific, <laughs> and we know it is. And it's. Uh, uh -huh. And uh, we have a whole other episode to do. Uh, I do have a couple other ones. Do we want to go down that route, or did you leave them out on purpose? I left them out, yeah. All right, sweet. Then... Justin, what are your final thoughts on the song <laughs> Belly Vin? What you want? <laughs> Excellent. Dude, that's an A plus pun. Thanks, um, I really do like this song a lot. And uh and my uh, 300 listens can attest to that. Um it rocks hard. It's got great harmonies and just like the uh, my so-called 90s band did, man, they knocked those ones out. Um this is this is a, a banger in my book. What about you, man? I can't. I I I'm gonna have to pull the plug on it for a minute, Justin. We didn't play a rave rave DJs. Oh, you're right. You're right. I can't. Oh my gosh. How remiss would we have been? I don't care. Oh my how goodness. Long this episode is. People want right. what they want. <laughs> right. All right. And that's the rave D, rave DJ. So okay. I, I've ended up with two because we we made one together. Uh, what, right. Where do we start? Let's. Let's do the one. Let's start with the one that we made together that right. we have not listened to. This is to. called Want Back Believe. Set phasers what stun. <laughs> <laughs> Here it is. Jimmy Eat World and Taking Back Sunday. Take Back Sunday.
so much guitar noodling. Yeah. <laughs> One in a minor and one in a major, like something's not quite working and I'm not sure what or why. <laughs> yeah, I think that's it. Parts of it work, but yeah not, yeah, not the whole thing, and that's okay. So that was What Back Believe, set phasers, what's done. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, and I imagine that you have one, your third one's going to be kick-ass, so let's do mine, which is called Believe in What You, Roxanne. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> so that's great. The, the police. Okay. <laughs> It's just off. Like yeah, half it's, a beat. Yeah, it's weird. It's like on the hand. <laughs> All right. So before we jump into this, one of my favorite things, and I love that first record era of Taking Back Sunday because it was just so good. And I'm not even including Set Phasers Stun. That's that's Taking Back Sunday 2.0. 1.0, Tell oh. All Your Friends era. They played on Kimmel. Now, when they played on Kimmel, it was the 2.0 lineup, but still touring Tell All Your Friends. And they played Message in a Bottle, which is just a weird confluence of the two rave DJs that we've done. Have you ever heard <laughs> Taking Back Sunday's version of Message in a Bottle? Mm, no, I it's haven't. It's so good. If my mind's eye remembers it, how I want to believe it. I actually, Justin, you're going to hate this, prefer this version of message oh, really? <laughs> to the original but that's how i want to remember it i'm gonna watch it now for the first time in god knows how long i hope it lives up i hope it's a good <laughs> recording i remember i had this recorded on a tivo that had a dvd burner and i think i burned this to a dvd somewhere but i have no idea the quality of this youtube video but let me play it oh you know what i should do is put this in a, a watch, yeah, together watch together so you can see it so you can see the swoop the hair swoop <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Sunday. Oh, it's good. good night, okay, everybody. good. Oh, look, Justin, I forgot you were playing bass in the band at this time. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> 
I watched this so many times. Ooh, bass coming in, man. So that's the bassist in Angels and Airwaves now. That's why I was joking that, oh, I forgot you were playing bass in yeah. the band at the time. <laughs> oh, watch this. <laughs> oh, so good. Oh, yeah, I forgot I cut off there. Oh, man. What a time to be alive. Oh, what's playing now? Is that me? It's the end of it. Oh, that was playing at the end of the thing, I see, because I accidentally left the Watch Together room. (laughs) I was like, "Eh, I'm out of (laughs) here. All right, all right, all right, all right. All that is to say, here is my rave DJ. I've forgotten the name. I didn't write it down. Uh, It's uh, Believe in What You Believe. I love that. All right. (laughs) That's terrific. Here it is. Jimmy Eat World and DJ Bum Bum. My note is I'm so happy. (laughs) Yes. So good, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> I could, Justin. I wish I had video of my face, like a reaction video. <laughs> This is like, this is a top 10 rave DJ that we pulled off on this show, for sure. Oh, yeah. This one should go in the, uh, in the matchups of, so we never forget it. Yeah. Dude, believe in what you believe. Believe in what you believe. <laughs> and now, Justin, any final thoughts? No truer words have ever been spoken, David. <laughs> I concur, dude. This song rocks hard. Uh, and uh, okay. I, I, God, that, that rave DJ just makes me so happy. 
So, yeah, without any further ado, uh, I hope everybody, (laughs) I said without any further a dude. (laughs) Without any further a dude, um, I hope everybody uh, follows the Dodgers. And I mean, you got Belly, Vin, what you want. Um, And and they continue to be excellent to each other. And party on, dudes!